0: Hello, and welcome to Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions, where we talk about scientific misconceptions we all have, and we hope that you learn something new about the world. I'm here with my co-host, Camden. Just let me watch my soaps, Hanslick Burton.
1: And joining me is my co-host, Margaret, Daily Double, Hanslick Burton.
0: <laughs> welcome to the, to the show. show. Our first segment every week is where we share something that we are excited about. Camden, I will allow you to go first.
1: Thank you. I first will say that I think you might get a lovely backdrop of a Kansas City storm and the brood of cicadas that are here. Oh my goodness. Because I think they are constant uh, background noise. So just day and night.
0: Day and night. night. Even louder in the day. Mm hmm
1: um so we just came back from seattle which was really fun to see some yes um friends out there We're there for a wedding so it was really nice it's our first travel in a year and a half so Mm -hmm. that was interesting but really good to see people
0: everybody at the wedding was vaccinated
1: everyone at the wedding was vaccinated so that made it really nice um speaking of vaccinations i am back with the kansas city improv company which is very exciting and i say vaccinations because we're a business that requires people to show proof of vaccination Mm -hmm. in order to come. Um, We're one of a couple um, businesses in Kansas city that have started doing that recently, which Mm -hmm. is really exciting to me um, to sort of like say, this is something we care about. And this is, we want our patrons to be safe. We want our actors to be safe. Um, So if you know of a, if you are in the area, you should come watch Kansas city improv company. And B, if you know businesses where you live uh, that, require proof of vaccination, you should go support them.
0: Yeah, get some takeout.
1: Yeah. Whatever you or
0: whatever go inside, yeah. whatever you feel comfortable yeah.
1: doing in your area, but support them. Um support them.
0: Cuz uh there are a lot of people who feel like it is their job to leave um less than savory comments yeah. for those businesses. Um, for
1: businesses I don't even know if they'd ever go. Exactly. To. Exactly. Wild. So,
0: I am grateful for Kansas City Improv Company uh, requiring those vaccinations.
1: Yeah. Margaret, what are you excited about?
0: Well, um, you may have noticed that we have not put out a show in a little bit here. Oh, I
1: thought I hit submit on this. Oh, I must have saved it as a draft.
0: What? The the whole episode. The whole episode. Uh-huh. Um, no, I got a new job. I'm so excited for it. I am an educator at an animal shelter. And I've worked there for a little bit now. It's a full-time job, and I really love everything about it. My coworkers are wonderful, and the dogs. The of course, the animals are incredible as well. But with that new job, um, since we now both have full-time jobs, Cameron has, you know, a myriad of jobs. It has become a little bit more difficult <laughs> to put these episodes out.
1: Yeah, it's almost like when you work a full-time job is people know mm-hmm. and then come home and it's hard I, it's already hard to
0: to do, get that motivation take care of to, the yeah
1: house and the yeah. our dog and mm-hmm. stuff but yeah, yeah then it's a little, put, bit, a little bit challenging
0: a little bit challenging so but, are there going to be any changes camden
1: yeah so um both margaret and i work in industries that are, revolve around school and so at least for the school year uh we won't be putting out podcasts every week um mm-hmm. like we have been doing in the summer Um, we'll be going back to our two week schedule where, um, every two weeks you will either get a gotta classify them all or a episode of don't pee on your leg, which is what you're listening to today.
0: Yep. And we really appreciate your support, um, and your understanding for our schedules because there is a lot going on getting settled into my new job and the school year starting for Camden. So we really appreciate your support and we'll just gonna, you know, take a little bit of a more relaxed pace if you get hanger Hanger. hankering hankering if you get hankering for some more episodes we have a lot in the back catalog so feel free to peruse those
1: and you know if you start a massive coalition of people who want to become patreon supporters (laughs) and try to convince their mind that way i you are welcome to go for it
0: you're welcome to so let's get on to our segment called what is that sound camden theme song
1: That was the cicadas playing the, yes. theme, the theme song.
0: Great job. I sure do hope they can hear them in the microphone. Wow, Otherwise, it'll just be silent. rough. Um, so, in What's That Sound, we keep with the spirit of the show, meaning that one of us finds a sound from nature, from science in some capacity that the other person doesn't know about. So, I have found a sound this week that I don't think Camden knows. I'm going to play it right now and have Camden see if he can guess what it is. All right, you ready, Camden?
1: a bouncy ball in a plastic cup
0: (laughs) um what do you hear that makes you say that
1: the bouncing ball in the plastic cup
0: great do you want
1: to um have another listen or another guess it's an animal because they always tend to be animals Mm -hmm. (laughs) um if it's not a bouncy ball in a plastic cup it definitely is like guttural or like yes like it sounds like something hitting the deepest part of someone something's throat.
0: Yeah, it's uh
1: so it's gotta be a call, right? Like it's it's it is it's a call. A I'll tell you call. that much. Okay.
0: Do you have any more specifics or do you wanna hear it again? No. Okay. You'd prefer not to at this time?
1: I prefer not to give you my exact right <laughs> guess.
0: Okay. Let's listen to it one more time.
1: is a wild sound. Mhm. Yes. Do I know this animal?
0: Yes, you do. Oh,
1: it's satchel then. No. Uh, um um I don't yeah, it I'm going to guess it's something
0: big like, Yes, definitely.
1: It just feels like it couldn't be that low. Like I don't think like a It's a not a hummingbird is making no. sound. No. No,
0: can you imagine? I know oh I don't want gosh. to or a hummingbird.
1: Um <laughs> I'm gonna guess like a. I don't like hippos. Sound like this. It feels biggish though. Mm-hmm.
0: But not, you have five seconds. Okay, but not four.
1: Not a mammal. Three. I'm gonna say a big two, non-mammal.
0: One. Why a non-mammal?
1: I don't know. I feel like I know all the sounds of mammals. It sounds okay, like,
0: pretty bold. It sounds
1: bold. <laughs> pretty bold. I just feel like there's only cats and bears and humans.
0: Wow, you heard it here <laughs> first. This is the one of many calls. Of a male elephant seal.
1: Ah, oh, it was a mammal.
0: A male elephant seal. Elephant seals are some of my favorite marine mammals because they just look so wild. They make so many sounds. They move in mm. such interesting ways. Uh, yeah, they're they're fascinating, and that oh. is one of the the calls of an adult male. Oh. And you're right, they are huge animals, um, and therefore can make huge, huge sounds like that.
1: Where would you find an elephant seal?
0: Uh in the in the ocean.
1: Got it. Okay. (laughs) Um Um,
0: up north more, I believe, uh, in colder climates. They've got a lot of blubber so they can handle big boys. Uh some some colder areas. Occasionally you'd see one on the Washington coast, but extremely rarely.
1: Or on Broadway as Jean Valjean with that beautiful base.
0: Yes. Wow. An all elephant seal production of les miserables fascinating yes nice job now we really appreciate those of you who are patreon subscribers if you're not already camden how would you go about supporting our show
1: um well you can support don't pee on your leg and other scientific com-
0: you okay? you crying?
1: scientific misconceptions <laughs> and our other podcasts gotta classify them all by going to patreon.com slash don't pee on your leg.
0: If you'd be so kind and are able to, you can choose one of three support levels. And those top two levels earn you access to bonus content. And
1: other little special features where we might shout you out or do something pretty crazy and fun.
0: We might do something real nice for you. So we really appreciate um, those of you who have already become Patreon subscribers. If you can't, give a monetary level of support right now, that is completely fine. You are also welcome and encouraged to share this podcast with your family, with your friends, tell them why you like it, because we really appreciate that too. So again, you can join us if you are able to and support us to gain access to that bonus content at patreon.com slash don't pee on your leg. So let's head into the main segment of the show, which of course are the misconceptions. This week is gonna be a little bit different because Camden has a longer misconception, so he's gonna be the only one to uh, explain the misconception this week. So I'm gonna listen along with you all while he tells me about a scientific misconception that we all might have. Camden, take it away.
1: All right. The spinner landed on me.
0: Yep. There we go. By default. Okay. Um, oh, <laughs> we'll no. We'll still celebrate that I, victory. I did win, yes. Okay.
1: Um, well, Margaret, you're not completely in full listening mode because um, I'm going to really need you to play an active participant um, this week, like we've done in past weeks, where I think I'm going to really rely on you to kind of tell me what the people think. Uh-huh. And we're just going to sort of have a conversation about this misconception.
0: You got to start it off in the traditional way, though.
1: Yep. Oh, I know. Okay, I good. I didn't want you to full go into listening mode. I'm,
0: I'm, and, re- I'm like, ready. Put a
1: bunch of Cheetos in your mouth or I, something. We don't have... I know. Help. I'm just saying, okay. don't. That would be not I'm re- what you should do right now. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right.
0: Margaret. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: what is the benefit of eating local food?
0: Great question, Camden. Um, the benefit of eating local food is that you're just drastically reducing the amount of carbon emissions because food doesn't have to travel as far um and i've heard it's one of the best things you can do um to help reduce your carbon footprint and reduce the effects of climate change margaret uh-huh
1: i don't know about that.
0: oh no oh gosh
1: let's who would have thought get into is eating local food better for the environment All right. Um, Now, Margaret, I'm going to give a big caveat because I don't want people hearing this first part and going, cool, and turning it off and then being like, it's not good for the environment. It's bad. The question here is, is it better than how you might consume other food? And that's what we're going to get into today. Um, But I don't want people to make the false logical jump that because it's not better, that it is worse.
0: Can I sing a quick caveat song? Yes. I thought of it just now.
1: Oh okay
0: caveat caveat please listen to the rest of the show caveat caveat thank you
1: i am (laughs) gonna clip that and use that from now on (laughs) uh is that stolen from something
0: um yes it is originally camelot Ah, the musical originally starring julie andrews in fact did you know that the role of (laughs) go ahead Gwendolyn is that arthur's wife
1: sure guinevere
0: guinevere oh my gosh Gwend Gwendolyn. guinevere um was i think originally written for julie andrews so is
1: this a rogers and hammerstein musical
0: it is
1: this has gone already off we, i have not said a science thing yet. <laughs> yet
0: you said the traditional intro camelot musical composer oh uh, composer. I promise
1: everyone we are going to get to Oh no eating. no
0: it's it's Learner and Low. Uh, I knew it wasn't Roger the uh, Hammer. Classic
1: once on this island reference. He, right? They did that?
0: Oh my gosh, Cameron. You're just introducing more oh, Google I got I gotta stop. I thought they were learner on, and low. No, I don't think so. Oh. This island composers. No. They're they're I think they're I'm really sorry. Too... I don't know if that's, know. that's Stephen Flaherty who huh. did uh
1: See, called a musical? No. <laughs> I'm just going to keep coming.
0: Okay. Oh, my gosh. Go ahead. Tell me about um, local food and its benefits or lack thereof.
1: So let's first talk about well, – let me get at one thing, which is we're going to be talking about does eating local – like is that better for the environment than eating foods that might not be locally grown? Okay. I want to talk about, though, that we are just talking about food. And so when we talk, of, when we think about what's better for the environment, I'm mostly here going to talk about carbon emissions. Mm. I might get into some other things like water or the amount of land something requires.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and most of this information came from um, the website Our World and Data, which is super cool. They have really great visualizations It's these people who take data um, open source and put from research. So the research all came um, from an article in the journal Science called Reducing Food's Environmental Impact Through Producers and Consumers, um, which was led by Jay Port and T. Nemechek. Um, and this was published in 2018. So most of this data is going to come from there. Okay. Um, but to back up a bit. Please. Um, I'm going to let you take a guess here. So. All of the world's greenhouse gas emissions and right. Like these are averages where I'm not going to say this is the exact right number without even off a decimal or anything. Um, I'm going to th- think about energy needs. So like electricity and heat and like transportation. Okay. Um, And then there's like industry. There's waste and then Agriculture.
0: These are all elements of... These
1: are four different things that emit greenhouse gases. Okay. Four different sectors. Okay. Energy, um, industry, waste, and agriculture. Which one produces the most greenhouse gases?
0: Agriculture.
1: It's energy. <gasps> agriculture produces about 18% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. Okay. So I say that all because... Energy produces seventy three percent of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. So I was
0: off by just a few percentage points. Just by,
1: points. yeah, only multiplying agriculture by like three or four. Okay. Um, now when we think about the like just transportation by itself, like I, everyone I guess can guess what things are transportation. That's sixteen point two percent. So pretty close to food. If you were comparing. All the greenhouse gas emissions that are produced by transportation and those that are produced by food and forestry, mm-hmm. things like that, mm-hmm. those are pretty close, around 18%. Um, I just wanted to give people, like, a scale of what we're talking about. Like, even when we talk about food, and there are definitely things you can do to be more environmentally conscious, mm-hmm. there are clearly other things that still produce greenhouse gases. Okay, yeah. Um, so I just want to, like, like, powering the world's industries requires way more greenhouse or produces way more greenhouse gases than the entire food industry. So just get like a scale of what we're talking about.
0: Okay, thank you. Um,
1: I won't go into all of the little percentages and all that stuff, but just wanted to like kind of call that out. Um, So Margaret, what were you saying earlier about eating local and being better for the planet? Like talk us through a bit my, of why that might be. My
0: apparently misconception is that eating local is one of the best things you can do, maybe food wise for the planet.
1: Yep. So one thing to think about in that, and this is, this was like the big, like, um, sort of like aha moment for me in this mm-hmm. is that
0: like a laugh or a realization. Like, yeah, uh, uh-huh. Oh, aha, ha
1: aha moment is different than a aha uh-huh moment just good clarification thank you um okay think of like you go to the store and you think of something like locally like what might be locally grown for us here in kansas
0: um corn
1: corn okay corn can be locally grown and when we're thinking about why it would be better why would we think oh it's better to have corn in kansas than to get corn from let's say like australia Mm. i don't know where else they grow corn not here.
0: Sure. I think it would be because there's a shorter distance to travel between, mm-hmm. say, a farm near Manhattan, Kansas, and and the process it would take to get here than there would be, say, if you spent all that energy and all those emissions to get that corn from New New York. Okay. For example.
1: Yes, that logically makes sense. And so the reason I started off with the percentages is that the food industry produces about 18% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. Transportation on its own is about 16%. And then I was saying like industry requirements and things like that are take up the rest of that 73%. Mm-hmm. I go into all of that because transportation ends up not being as big a chunk of the greenhouse gases that are emitted um just because there are things that were there are parts of this process chain of the supply chain of like getting a food that you eat Mm -hmm. that produces a lot more so when we give an example what what do you think produces the most greenhouse gases of the food that you could eat
0: anything refrigerated
1: Yes. So anything that requires refrigeration, you're right. Refrigeration is a huge energy requirement.
0: According to the drawdown, it's the number one issue.
1: Yeah. Right? Drawdown is a great reference. And so that's a good thing that I was going to get to um, at so another sorry. point. No. I'm so sorry. I'll just share it now. Please. So... <laughs> Anything that is highly perishable, mm-hmm. like asparagus, green beans, berries. I mean, we can all think of like if Ooh, it's gonna,
0: berries. Berries. You just look at them and they, they're done.
1: Those typically have really high energy demands because of the speed and the refrigeration requirements to make sure they don't perish. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and I'm going. Like, what is something that you know, Margaret, mm-hmm. that doesn't really perish? In your pantry, or honey, honey is one. <laughs> honey is not produced on such a scale that are I have you, numbers on that.
0: Are you okay? I you're not no, going like, for a specific thing, just not honey. Think about a, a potato. A common
1: thing. A potato. Thank you. You're welcome. Honey is common, but not common <laughs> enough for the study. Potatoes, potatoes. For every, I'm gonna try to do this. Oh boy. I'm gonna say.
0: Kevin's looking at graphs. Yeah, I'm looking he's, at a lot of numbers He's doing some mental math. Here. Okay. He's scrolling. He's looking. So
1: per every kilogram of potato, and a kilogram is a uh, over is a couple pounds. Like uh, kilogram to <laughs> pound.
0: We're doing a lot of googling. Two pounds. I was right. I okay. just want to make for sure for every two pounds of potatoes.
1: For every two pounds of potatoes, it requires, it produces, a th- over. Well, 0.3 kilograms. I'm trying to convert these numbers for it's people. Fine. It's fine. For every kilogram of potato produced, 0. 0.3 kilograms of greenhouse gas emissions are produced. Okay. Okay? So.
0: Is that good or bad?
1: That is good. It produces less greenhouse gases than it does weigh.
0: Okay. Oh, which great. is
1: like a general like...
0: I just wanted hold, to know what the standard hold was. Hold a potato. I do you want-
1: Less than a third of it of its weight. was producing or (laughs) there's less than a third (laughs) of its weight of greenhouse gases that were put into the atmosphere. Great. great. Being technically correct is sometimes the most boring (laughs) version of correctness. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Because as you were talking about, they don't require um, a ton of water. They don't require a ton of energy to be put into them. They don't need to be refrigerated. Um, So therefore you can use less intensive means to get them moving around the world. Yep. And farmland, right? So mm-hmm. it requires a ton of energy to keep farmland up and running. Arable. Pata- arable. All, think about all the machines have to go into that. And all those machines require gas or oil and like all the upkeep that all of those things require. And mm-hmm. all the manufacturing that goes into making those. Potatoes don't take up all of that much of that.
0: No, not compared to other foods, I'm sure. Not
1: compared to other foods. So potatoes are a great example uh, they have a very, very... In fact, they are the second smallest of the study they did, the second smallest carbon footprint. Oh, great. There is one that is an actual negative carbon footprint.
0: Celery. Negative calories, negative carbon Are, <laughs> are we ready
1: to do this? Oh, I are, don't know. We can go into it. Do okay. you want to talk yeah, about... Yeah, I'm ready. What is negative?
0: What's the negative one? Oh, it must be... It must be a plant that really does a good job absorbing very good CO2. Margaret. Very good. Thank you. Are you proud? Yes. <laughs> um, is it a sweet potato? Or it's is that in the a potato. P- potato category? Okay. Still in potato. Um I would not Give have, me a hint.
1: I would not have thought this because I think they get a reputation. Soybean. For it's not soy. Mm-hmm. I think These get a reputation for potentially, hello, sorry, (laughs) of requiring a lot of water. Earlmans, Yeah, ground nuts, or just nuts in general. Okay. Nuts.
0: They have a negative carbon footprint? Carbon emissions?
1: They are a good carbon sink, meaning they take a lot more carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere than they do produce.
0: Interesting. So
1: they might require a lot of water. And we can talk about that in a moment, but there's still not as much water as other things. They kind of get a bad rap for requiring that much. Definitely. In comparison. Mm -hmm. They are the only one that take in more than they produce.
0: Wow. Nuts. Did not know that. That's nuts. (laughs) (laughs) That's an aha moment.
1: Margaret, (laughs) I really want you to think very carefully (laughs) about the next words (laughs) out of your mouth. All right, Margaret, what produces the most? meat meat uh specifically beef. what kind of beef beef for every kilogram of beef
0: that's two pounds americans
1: you, for every two pounds are you ready for this
0: yes yeah
1: And i'll convert this for you just <laughs> so that you are ready for this okay for, for every 2.2 two pounds, 2. pounds, of, pounds of, beef. of beef of meat yep beef though yeah, specifically beef, beef yes 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 i don't like how, how many, many, many times we've said beef in the last how many, 30 seconds <laughs> it's a beefy question how many pounds of carbon dioxide or carbon dioxide equivalent Ten. emissions are produced
0: 10 pounds no higher higher 20
1: remember this is 2.2 2 pounds
0: no. higher than 20 higher than 20 50 no higher higher six 75
1: uh, too high
0: oh 70
1: 60 okay <laughs> it wow produces 60 more times of its own weight in carbon emissions wow one kill it one 2.2 pound piece of beef produced 60 times that weight in its carbon emissions alone wow and so i was just saying about there are people. There are people, and this is not a, a shaming thing. Is an f- interesting thing, I think, to both of us. <laughs> Transportation, okay. Mm-hmm. When we think about sixty kilograms or one hundred thirty-two pounds,
0: mm-hmm. only we're switching between tabs. I'm trying to do the, the
1: math for people, so they the people who are like, "Can you stop talking kilograms?" Of 132 pounds of carbon emissions that that 2.2 pounds of beef produced,
0: mm-hmm.
1: only 0.66 pounds of that was from its transportation.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow, Camden. That really brought it all home for me.
1: 132 pounds it requires to produce. 0.0 not 0. 0.06. Not even Not even one. This is less than a percentage of that weight was from its transportation wow an overwhelming amount i'll give you the poundage 85 of those pounds are from just it existing on the farm all the energy required all the emissions that like come from it that, from that, that cow being live. on the farm uh-huh. the processing the food it requires is actually pretty minuscule too hmm all the energy required and cuz some you know sometimes it requires we think of like well you have to grow all this food which is true mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: about 4 of those pounds come from the food that it eats
0: what's the majority then
1: the majority like i said was what i say 85 pounds yeah comes from just the energy demands uh for the farm like running the farm itself oh wow all of the things that go into it being the farm outside of the food mm-hmm. that that it eats Wow. Okay, so separate that out. All of the things that go into the farm raising that cattle mm-hmm. for it to be beef, eighty-five pounds of the hundred thirty-five, I think I said, mm-hmm. are just from the the farmland farming that animal.
0: Wow, wow. So transportation, and I don't want to like draw this conclusion before you are ready to like go, get go to for that it. conclusion is like. Yes, the transportation is a factor in getting that beef to you, but it is definitely not a big factor. So eating locally, if especially if you're eating meat, like local meat, you really are not putting a dent in the carbon impact of the production of that food.
1: Yeah, and so maybe this is a good time to talk about the fact that like, you might be thinking right now, and I think we try to do a good job of thinking, like trying to help. Why would this make sense to us?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You might be thinking, like, hold on. There's no possible way eating, eating beef, beef from, from my, a, like I oh you're trying so to hard. say yeah it, uh, you're making
0: it really hard eating, eating beef from beef a neighbor's, neighbor's farm, farm is w- as, as bad, bad or worse. Or worse than eating beef, beef from, from some, some random, random farm, farm in New, New Zealand. Zealand. That is what I was thinking. Yeah.
1: Whoa. That's so weird. They've probably turned it off. Synchronicity. <laughs> it's kismet. <laughs> um, is so. What would you say to that person?
0: I would say. I can understand how that would seem logical. Because it is from such a local source, but no matter where that beef comes from, it still takes up a huge amount of resources and the energy needed to make that beef is a much higher percentage, no matter whether it's from your neighbor's farm or a farm in New Zealand.
1: Because most of the emissions that come from you getting that beef Mm -hmm. were not from it getting to you.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: I, yeah like is a big part here is like where the, wherever that farm exists most of the emissions aren't just farming for that animal or farming that animal mm-hmm. most of the emissions 0.66 on average of the 135 pounds of emissions what 2.2 pounds of beef produce came from its transportation so yes you could say well i cut that number down
0: but it was such a small number to begin with.
1: You cut less than a percentage of its emissions down, which is, I don't, it's not a hollow. You did do something, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if people think they've, I would have guessed people think they've done more than that. It
0: reminds me of the time when for grad school, we were assigned to take a action and incorporate it into our routine that we felt would reduce our carbon emissions. And I thought okay, great, I have this solar phone charger. I will use that to charge all of my devices forever. Yep. And then I did the calculations and found out that, luckily, phone chargers have become so efficient, even if you leave them plugged into the wall all day, that the amount of energy I was conserving by charging my phone with a solar charger was so minuscule that it was not worth me struggling with the solar charger. It, it was so tiny. That's my comparison.
1: I mean, but it's true, right? Like it, the, when you sort of stop and think about the magnitude of what's going on, that's where I think this gets confusing for people. Cause when they, you know, when you think, no, it's coming from right next door. You also forget about the scale of which we are producing a lot of these foods. The amount right. of beef produced, when you think about it, like it's already so much higher. Mm-hmm. Sixty, per, so one hundred thirty-two. What did I say, one hundred thirty-five pounds.
0: <laughs> one hundred, I think so.
1: Yeah, I'll look again. One hundred thirty-two pounds of greenhouse gases are produced for two point two pounds of beef. Right. I'll give you. I'll give everyone this one just for like to kind of get a sense. that's first place as the worst greenhouse gas emitter is beef beef. the second place one going from 132 pounds of greenhouse gas emissions Mm -hmm. second place is 55 pounds wow and you could probably guess what kind of food it's going to be it is going to be meat again pork it's not pork chicken this was a surprising one to me fish nope
0: shrimp you heard me say pork
1: uh yes (laughs) are you sure it's lamb and mutton
0: oh interesting
1: 55 um and a lot of that goes is in farming as well Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. also takes um a lot of energy most of that too is like comes from grazing right grazing and all of that goes that goes into that and they just require a lot more space as well
0: so i have two questions yep one question is So, are we saying that if you are a meat eater, just keep eating meat that's from wherever because it doesn't matter?
1: That is a great question, Margaret. Let me run down these. And I'm, <laughs> again, I'm, I'm going to give you rough out, I'm going to multiply by two, just so everyone knows. Multiplying by 2.2 2 in my head is kind of hard. Sure. Okay. Over 120 pounds. So, for every two ish pounds. Of these things I'm about to name. Here's what they produce. I'm going to go in order. Okay. For every about two pounds of beef. A hundred over 120 pounds of carbon. Uh, greenhouse gas emissions. emissions. Uh-huh. For every about two pounds of lamb and mutton. Over 50 pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For every two ish pounds of cheese. Over 42 pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. That's the same for beef that comes from dairy herding cows Mm. so yes um pigs okay for every two pounds of pork uh a little over 14 pounds Mm. so way smaller we went beef lamb and mutton cheese and then dropped a lot to 14 now it sounds like a lot in comparison and mark like you just said margaret you might think oh so pork not so bad
0: still pretty bad
1: two pounds of pork produce 14 pounds of greenhouse gas emissions it just doesn't sound as bad when you talked about the animal that produced 60 times that amount
0: camden i'm worried that we're gonna get a little preachy here and by worried i mean very excited
1: so pork we're still in the world <laughs> of eating meat uh cheese or though dairy. i guess yeah or dairy so vegetarians listen or up. cheese um <laughs> Chicken is next at over 12 pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. Remember, these are all converted at like around two pounds of this thing. So imagine yourself holding two pounds of whatever that I'm talking about. Okay. Chicken, about twelve over 12 pounds. Fish that are farmed, uh, over 10 pounds. Eggs, over mm-hmm. nine pounds. Rice, finally getting into a thing not produced by an animal. Okay. The first vegan <laughs> option here of rice would be eight pounds. Right. So the first vegan option for every two pounds of rice, it does produce eight pounds. And almost all of that comes from the cultivation and farming of rice. Uh, Rice patties require a lot of energy, not more than all the things I said above it. Beef, lamb, mutton, cheese, pork, chicken, farm fish, eggs. Okay. All of those produce way more. Mm -hmm. Um, then rice, then milk. So interesting. and then everything after that is a fruit or vegetable.
0: Okay. Okay, so
1: so only milk requires less energy than rice and after that all of the lowest lowest carbon greenhouse gas <laughs> emitting food items are vegan. Are vegan options. And not animal products it at goes, all. So everything here is at times 2 is about 2. It's almost one-to-one here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay? Wheat, tomatoes, corn, bananas, peas, potatoes, nuts.
0: So, it sounds to me like if you want to really reduce the amount of carbon emissions that your diet causes, it would behoove you, behoove you, you to eliminate animal products from your diet.
1: Yes. And so that's sort of like a salient point to take away here is you might think, well I know where this beef comes from. It comes from this pasture raised small farm what have you locally grown cattle. I know where it all came from. That will produce less greenhouse gas emissions than one imported from some like internationally. However, it is still producing most likely 50, 40 to 60, even being really conservative, 40 to 60 times more greenhouse gas emissions
0: mm-hmm.
1: than having like a soy-based or vegan alternative meat product.
0: Now, can and I... those...
1: Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. no,
0: no. I was just going to say... I will interject, as someone who very much enjoys my local farmer's market, there are non-scientific reasons to buy local. For example, if Go you want to support your local economy and your yes. local farmers, and if you want to get to know the people that produce your food. For example, I, Kim and I both know my mushroom guy. The mushroom guy. guy. I love that guy. <laughs> That's his official title love at the farmer's market. Guy. And I, I like that relationship because he can tell me – you know, what is best that he has. And I know that I'm giving money to a man who lives down the road from me almost. So there are definitely, definitely reasons to buy local. But if you are looking to make an environmental impact, you can buy local things that aren't meat. That would probably be the best in terms of carbon emissions. Does that sound right, Kimden?
1: Yes. That, no, that's a great way to, <laughs> no, sorry. That's a great way to put it. Um, I, was just looking at one other piece of data and I got thrown off by it. But the point here is that not like Margaret just said, eating local is fine, but to then say, to make the jump, the logic, a false logical jump of, if I eat local meat, I am doing something good for the planet. Is hardly true. Mm -hmm. You, it is most barely true, which is not (laughs) the kind of true you want to be doing.
0: Barely true.
1: If you think, you know, if you earned one hundred and thirty-five dollars, and you thought it was frugal to somehow earn an extra fifty cents, or like you somehow managed to get an extra fifty cents, if that's you as a person, and you're like. Good for me for getting $135 and 50 cents, then maybe you will feel good. I don't know. I feel like every little bit counts sometimes. Then that's the person who might feel good about (laughs) this. But it is just important to know that eating local really misses a huge chunk and sometimes can be really kind of deceiving. Deceiving. In terms of
0: marketing for sure. And for people who
1: and I don't I don't say that people who eat local we're trying to make themselves feel better. Right? No. It's everywhere. The who the, the World Health Organization puts it as a way to su- you know, sustain the environment. And it does produce less greenhouse gas emissions. But the magnitude by which it does that can, like you said, be deceiving.
0: Right. Well, thank you, Camden. I really appreciate that because that is definitely a misconception that I had for sure. Um, I'm still going to shop local because I want to avoid buying from... Large companies like Shmamishan. Um, But I appreciate knowing that consuming local foods is not the most significant way to reduce my carbon emissions.
1: Yeah. If you're already eating vegan, good for go you. for it. Good, good uh, for you. Yeah, good for you. Uh, there are some... The last two things I was going to say is there are two vegan things that... Or three-ish vegan things that might be worth noting is that chocolate and coffee are actually huge producers Mm. of um greenhouse gas emissions they are less they're less than meat they are more than pork and chicken but they are less than beef lamb mutton cheese um but i think that's just a good one to know is like um coffee and chocolate is a big one and so is palm oil Mm. so Mm -hmm. um those are other ones i just want to make sure i didn't Completely paint the wrong kind of picture, right? But um, yeah.
0: Thanks, Camden. Um, well, before we end each episode, we always share something interesting that we've consumed this week—so read, listened to, watched, etc. Because I didn't present a misconception, I'm going to declare that I get to go first. I have just been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Both full episodes and also like recaps on YouTube. It's just, it's just escapism. And I love seeing all the looks and all the challenges. And yeah, I just, it's a nice way to like, you know, relax when I'm getting used to the new job and the new schedule. So I love it.
1: What season are you in right now?
0: I'm, I'm not even, I've just finished uh, a. Trixie Mattel and Katya's original season, uh, but I I, I finished that now. I, I blazed through that one, so.
1: <laughs> oops. Well, not oops. But... <laughs> well,
0: not oops. It was purposeful. Kim, what are you consuming?
1: Um, this one's like a tip. Um, Satchel's awake. Uh, <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> I guess it's a thing I've consumed, but I've gotten enough positive feedback from some of my coworkers that I thought I would share it with you all. There is a Chrome extension. If you're not using Google Chrome, I guess you don't have to listen to this, but also, what are you using? Um, (laughs) Called Tab Snooze. Margaret, have you heard of Tab Snooze? Yes, I think
0: you installed it on my computer.
1: Yes, I probably did. Um, Tab Snooze is probably what you think. You have a tab, and you say you look at this, and you're like, oh, this is an interesting article, but I don't have time to read it right now. I'll have time later tomorrow, because maybe I'm going to get off work early tomorrow or tomorrow night is like my night where I don't have anything going on. I can read it. Then you click the tabs news button and it will pop back up. It'll go away and it'll pop back up at the time you tell it.
0: Oh, I did not know it had that capability.
1: It's also super helpful for when you're like, you know, there's some of these things you're like, I just can't look at this. I have too many tabs open. I need all these tabs, but not right now.
0: Well, and don't they slow down your computer if you have a lot of yes, tabs open?
1: Yes, ta- if your computer's running really slow and you have a lot of tabs open, you should close those tabs. But if you're like, Camden, no, I need all those tabs. My response to you, Satchel's <laughs> playing the piano, would be, why don't you snooze some of those for later? Or another fun thing is you can make it come up every week. So what I've been doing, because I hate myself, I guess, no. is every week I have it... Um, Snoo- i snooze the vaccination rate in our county and it comes up oh every my friday because i like well i i used to like seeing the number go up and now it doesn't go up as much as it used to happy friday happy friday Here's the everyone State of our area um, but tabs news, check it out
0: well thank you um great advice i didn't know it would bring the tabs back up Um, And thank you all so much for being our listeners. If you liked this episode or any of our other episodes, please rate us and leave us a quick review on the podcast app of your choice. As we mentioned earlier, written reviews are really helpful. They help new listeners decide if they want to give us a try. So please leave a quick positive review. It takes like three seconds.
1: We also have a bookshop site. You can find all of the books we've ever recommended on the podcast in one place. (laughs) And it supports independent bookstores and <laughs> I, I know S- Satchel, I have to translate.
0: I'm gonna let you finish it out, Kevin. Go uh, ahead.
1: because the percentage of those sales will help them and it will help us a little bit. So go to bookshop.com or org slash shop slash don't pee on your leg, and you can support us in local bookstores. You can also find us on social media pages, on Instagram at don't pee on your leg, Facebook.com at slash. At Facebook.com slash Don't pee on Your Leg.
0: And Twitter at Don't Pee on Your Leg. That's just the letter P. Just the letter P. That's just the letter P.
1: Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions this is a podcast produced by Two Birds, One Scone. Articles, blog posts, and more about what you can do every day to conserve our environment can be found at twobirdsonescone.org.
0: If you have scientific misconceptions, oh, nope, I'm going to tell you about our original music. It's by Camillo if you have scientific misconceptions that you'd like explained or you want to provide feedback to us satchel's providing feedback to us right now
1: we're rusty i think that she's bored we just got to go to don't pee on your leg at gmail.com have have a a great great week.
0: week